0: This podcast is brought to you by Touch of Life. Welcome to Business Influencers. Hope everyone's having a great week. Uh, We are having such a great time here at Business Influencers. If if you already know, we celebrated well over 100 episodes since we started the show over two years ago. It is hard to believe that we've been doing this for two two years, and it's thanks to you, the listeners, each and every week joining us here at Business Influencers with Radio. Why we show up each and every week, bringing subject matter experts, sharing their words of wisdoms to help elevate your personal success in your organization to the next level through the power of business influence. If there is anything you would like to see for future content here on the show, feel free to reach out to us at, at businessinfluencers at chris at christophersalem.com. That's chris at christophersalem.com. Com. Again, you can find us here at tellradio.org, as well as on Apple, Spotify, and our YouTube channel with Business Influencers with Tell Radio. Well, our show is being brought to you today, as always, from Alumni Direct. is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, an opportunity to meet new people for the first time, or rekindle those old relationships with people that you have not talked to in the past. This is a membership program, meaning it takes all the noise out of social media, no more of these notifications that can drive you crazy. This is an opportunity to generate genuine and authentic relationships on your time. And as a member, you can now to partake in a wide array of different services that can serve you in your business, also personally that are not available to the general public. If you'd like some more information about Alumni Direct, You can reach them at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about attracting and retaining talent. And this is going to be in your organization, regardless of size. Again, you can get a lot of great information. We understand that retention is a a, a difficult issue or a challenge for a lot of different organizations. And we have an expert with us here today, Shelley Starks, who has spent a considerable amount of time in this area and she is gonna share her insights personally and how she can help your organization within and around attract and retain quality talent to move your organization to the next level. She is a pillar in coaching and business advising with an impressive tenure of over 20 years in both extended disc coaching and business advising. She has been an instrumental force for communications coaching in the business community and again, you're going to get more information on how you can get in contact with Shelly here later in the show. And without further ado, we welcome Shelly Starks. Shelly, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, Christopher. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing great.
0: Awesome. We are so pleasure to have you. You know, let's talk about, you know, the, you know this has been no secret to in the business world with organizations that retention it overall is a challenge and you know it's something that you know it, it's it can be quite expensive depending upon what kind of business you're in or what type of organization you are you know let's talk a little bit about from your perspective what do you feel is causing this these retention issues across the board for most organizations that are you know that, that no matter what industry they're in
1: I think there's a couple things that are happening. Obviously, COVID really impacted the way that a business structures their employees, whether they are at home or they're hybrid, or now they're having to come back in the office and people are not wanting to come back in the office. I think it's becoming a, a new a new phase where we're gonna have to just accept the fact that there is there's a hybrid situation going on and some of these people, you know, great talent, not great talent, they're just not wanting to to budge on that because they got used to being at home. But one of the things I think that really is kind of driving this is that we are having a disconnect with our people, especially in this hybrid environment. They literally are at home, not with the workforce, not in the office, not having the the culture and the camaraderie that they could have, like they used to have, where you're able to put your eyes on them, they spend time together. And now they're kind of disconnected or feeling disconnected because they're at home or they're remote, half remote, you know, and half in the office and we're not connecting with them. I'm talking to you know business owners every day that are just saying, Shelly, I just, I don't know what's happening. Why am I losing my people? Why am I, lo- I mean, this person's been with me for 10 years. Why did they leave? And, and part of it is that as humans, and because we're so digital, we're losing the, that personal touch. The personal touch is really not happening. And if you can figure out how to make them feel something, that's where loyalty comes from they feel something for you you know and because we've got this wall now with the technology it's making it more challenging so you're gonna have to figure out a way around that
0: yeah no doubt about it no doubt about it and thank you for giving because it's so true and when you when we talk about when we look at this particular challenge and you know again everyone's gonna have different you know a different unique problem with it on some level but overall what are some of the things like, you know, that you would recommend that organizations start to tap into to start tackling this challenge to start now turning retention into, you know, into something where we can now retain the right people and not constantly have a revolving door of people going in and out, especially the ones that can elevate and move our organization to the next level?
1: Well, at my company, Inline Consulting Services, we're specializing in communications coaching, and what we're what we're finding is that utilizing a tool I specifically use, Extended Disc, have been certified in that as you said uh, over twenty years, um, and what what we're finding is that we can put a couple of very simple key things in place in an organization, leave them with some tools help to explain to their employees what their behavioral styles are. Some people don't even know why they, you know, why they problem solve this way, why they make decisions this way, and it helps identify them personally, which they love in a team building exercise. And then it helps identify the other team members on their team to understand how they problem solve, how they communicate, how they make decisions, and maybe Identifying that style early on in a conversation, so you can communicate in their style, so their defensive gates go down. That conversation just elevates every possible e- inch of it. Elevates when you communicate and make somebody feel more comfortable in their style. And I always joke and say, you can communicate in your style. That's absolutely okay, but you're only going to be wrong about sixty percent of the time.
0: Wow, wow! And then, <laughs> like you said, I mean, and people are familiar with this. No doubt about it. It's been around for a long time, but you think that you know, based upon even if they had some exposure in the past on some level, are they using DIS to the level they should be? You know?
1: No. I mean, it's it's a behavior. It's a it's an actual behavior that you have to constantly reinforce, and that's why part of my you know the the requirements to work with me um, in this communication coaching piece is for the leadership to be involved. And leadership is going to have to drive it in the days that I'm not there. Um, It's a three-part series. So essentially, I spend three sessions with them. And then I have uh, refresher courses that they can have me come back quarterly just to kind of reinforce those behaviors. Because when you don't do this every day, it's easy to kind of fall out of it. And a great great example is like you might think somebody in that office doesn't like you but it could be that they are more task-oriented and you're more people-oriented. And so when they talk to you, they go straight to the task instead of saying, hey, Christopher, how are you doing today? And then letting it be people-oriented because that's the person they're talking to, just that little softening piece in the beginning can make all the difference in the world to somebody who is people-oriented. But on the same token, if they're not people-oriented, they don't want you asking about how their weekend went. So now if you can know that when you walk in, you can identify that so that your your conversation goes right to the style of the person. It's just way more effective. And effective.
0: Oh, it, it's so true. Like you said, like if you're a D or a C, and you're task-oriented, or if you're an I or an S, you know, you're people-oriented. And a lot of times, like if you're people-oriented, you, you know, you're used to that camaraderie, you're used to that, you know, you know, good morning, how are you doing today? And people that are, ta- especially Ds, They just want to get things done. They know what they're looking for and they're going to go to find it. It's not personal that they're trying to go over over your head or through you, so to speak, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's challenging for people to do that in their day to day when they're really in kind of, as I call it, their vortex, like they get in that office and then there's just like this vortex of things. And depending on your role in that organization, you could turn around and you haven't even eaten lunch and it's two o'clock. So you're like, Shelly, how am I supposed to bake something like this into my organization? Like how would that, that seems like a big undertaking, but that's why I made it such a super, super simple, high level training that it's super easy to identify leave them tools for them to be able to have you know, a card to be able to keep it at their desk, or they have a report as a leader in the organization that identifies in one sentence what that behavioral style is of that that employee. So that before they do their performance review or before they have a one-to-one with them weekly, they can sit down and make sure they read that so that they're really getting in, in the mode of understanding what that person's behavioral style is. And they're gonna be way more receptive.
0: Yeah, so true. So true. And you made a great point earlier when we when we start when you started talking about this particular area, this has gotta be something that if you're gonna see change, it, it you know, this doesn't happen overnight. And and it's not like you can just go, Okay, Shelly, we want you to work with our middle management and you know and change them to do all these different things but yet the the leadership the ma- upper management they're not doing if they're not doing it then like you said nothing is going to stick there there's no buy in and this is where a lot of times these organizations take these these great resources that are available to them but don't utilize them to the level they should to get the results that they're seeking that could accomplish what they're looking to to do
1: absolutely and i you know i learned something from a mentor of mine many years ago um, and this, this is something I actually literally have on my wall right here in front of me yeah. and it's basically talking about behavior. So I'm going to read it to you because I really believe yeah. this is such a great, um, a great way for people to view making change. So we want to replace the word try with do. We're going to actually do it. We're not going to try to do it. We're actually going to do it so that it starts with a, an attitude of willingness, that attitude. That's what's driving a new behavior the new behavior to achieve improved results, because you're gonna start improving those results with different behaviors. Once you get improved results, that starts to change your belief system about something. And once you have a new belief system that's practiced over and over and over again, it becomes a habit. But it takes each one of those steps to get to the habit piece. There's a lot of people that say, I don't even remember Christopher, what is it? Is it 17 days? What's the actual, you do something for however many days and then it actually- Oh yeah, you said it so to
0: develop happens. a new habit, it would take 21 days, but that, oh. and I do this for a living when I work with, do executive coaching. It might take 21 days to start, but believe it or not, subconsciously, if, if not done consistently every day through discipline, it takes six months or more before it becomes embedded at the subconscious level that, you're doing it, you know, subconsciously. So it, it it takes a little time. It's not something that you flip a switch.
1: Yeah, but you know, changing a belief system about something. I mean, you could, like, I have a great example of this. Um, you know, years ago or last year when I was going through a very transformation process with me on this journey and leaving corporate. And launching my new business. This is the third business I've owned, but I will tell you, I learned a lot in those first two. So if you're out there and you're listening to this, and you you know had a business and it it didn't quite work out, don't give up. If that's what you really want to do and step out on your own, you know you just got to know you learn and you fail forward. That's what happens. Uh,
0: lo- I love what you just said. Fail forward. You know, forward. would it be safe to say, Shelley, with, even from your personal experience, that without setbacks, challenges, in this case these perceived failures, you wouldn't be where you are today or have gotten where you've grown your business because of the, maybe the first two didn't work out, but yet they were pivotable in terms of where you are today from what you learned from it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the things that I learned, I think it's really important and, you know, having adult children and teaching them this, this whole concept, it's important for you to know what you want. It's even more important for you to know what you don't want. And because we take on things, especially as business owners or new business owners, we're like, wow, this is really overwhelming. There's a lot to do here. I don't know where I need to put my focus. You know, where do I put my focus so that I actually have income coming in so I don't have to go back to my corporate job? But you know, there, that belief system I was telling you about, this is something that really changed for me last year during a health scare was I used to believe, my, I grew up believing that you had to work hard to be successful. That was a belief system for me and that is not true because there are a lot of people out there that do really well and success is measured for different ways for different people money you know accolade whatever you want to call it but it all comes back to the same thing. What do you believe you need to do in order to be successful? And that belief system can drive your behaviors every day. And some of those behaviors may not be the behaviors you need to be doing because you've had this negative belief system that you have to work hard. Well, Christopher, I've worked really, really hard for a lot of organizations as though it were my business. And I had a great success, but it wasn't the level of success that I, you know, saw other people that I know personally that, man, they aren't working, you know, 70 hours a week and they're making more money than I am, or they're having more time with their family. Um, How how do I do that? And it started with that belief system of, hang on a second, I need to be smarter and not, not work harder in my business. And how am I gonna do that? And it really comes down to, you know, connecting with mentors people like you who understand where, where they've seen these, they've got the wisdom throughout the years to know where to put your time and where not to put your time.
0: Yeah. So, so well put. And, and it's so, so true. What would be a step-by-step process that you would recommend somebody listening here that might be dealing with retention issues? Perhaps there might be there might be some, maybe some minor conflict going on. There's some dysfunction happening in that organization. What would be that first step? Is it an assessment? Is it, you know, that long lines? Walk us through that because I think that would be highly valuable to those listening here.
1: Yeah. So when you engage with me, we typically do as a leadership group, we get together and we kind of identify exactly what you're talking about. Where are some of the pivotal things in our organization where we're not in alignment with our with our actual vision for the company? Maybe you've lost your vision. Maybe you're not really sure what you know. It's you've had so many things in your vortex. You've just lost sight of it. Let's reconnect you with that. And I'm not creating that for you. You're you're letting me know what that is. And then how does that relate to your daily objectives with, your com- with the people in your company? Is it, is it constantly going back to what that vision is? And then how do we look at that from a perspective of our goals? Like we're kind of try to scale for growth. So that first meeting is to really identify exactly what you're talking about. Where are our challenges or where are the things that we are maybe identified or maybe there's some things we haven't identified, but here are the symptoms let's talk about what the actual root cause is. So let's figure out what's happening there. And then I take that and assess every one of their people on the team, including them. Um, We meet together before that first session to reveal everyone's uh, results as a team building exercise. We meet so that the leadership understands what it is that's coming and they can support it internally um, in an ongoing basis. That second session, again, we'll meet with the leadership team before all three sessions, but the second session is to really address those things that are internally happening. What are we dealing with where we've got conflict, we've got, you know, people are fighting, we've got people, passive aggressive behavior that is maybe being thrown around as though it were the the way it should be done internally, and how can we get them to identify each other's style so maybe they're not seeing not putting the emotion behind it maybe there's no no emotion behind it they just feel like there is but we need to address it because otherwise they're going to continue to be in that cycle and as soon as somebody offers them something better they're going to leave yeah and that third session is to flip it to the external communication with clients or patients like what are we doing to identify that in, in our patients or in our clients so that they feel something? They feel they want to retain. They want to stay with you. They want to buy more from you and they want to refer people to you. There are some issues that could be happening um, externally because we're not paying attention to the person's behavioral style.
0: So true, like and getting to what you you know, communication that you talked about. You've been doing this so long. No. It's, it, it's the tone. It's the nonverbal communication that oftentimes can contradict what is said or vice versa. And then we get caught up in this assumption and speculation of things.
1: (laughs) Well, and sometimes it's just a matter of knowing, okay, maybe they are both people-oriented styles, but one of them internally processes and the other one externally processes. So if you're expecting an internal processor to give you an answer right when you walked up to talk to them because you're in your vortex trying to get things going for the day, you might be putting them under some extended stress and that might cause them to have an emotional response to you and start it out in the morning that way and that can just snowball throughout the day. So to your point, it's not sometimes it's the way that you come across, but sometimes it's the expectation in the conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah, so true. So true. No, I love that what you said, and and this is a process. I mean, you know, it 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 it's something that you know the, it's not these immediate results, you know, to solve everything, but you start to see the results in 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 phases through that consistency that you know you do. But you got to start with the basics and the foundation to start moving things along. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. I love that. Um, what would you say if you could share? You know, without, of course, using any specifics or anything like that, you know, of course, you could keep things confidential. But anything's like maybe like an example of, of an organization where you saw that shift, you know, where maybe perhaps somebody was where they were and now where they are by embracing, you know, the concepts that you're sharing here.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the most um, impactful stories that I heard was with an organization, it was a healthcare organization, and they... They actually have a lot of young staff and what, you know, sometimes we're dealing with generational things as well. You know how you talked about different layers of of communications, not just in the words that you say. Sometimes it's generational based on, for instance, yeah. if you're older, you may not want to text. But if you know quite a bit older, if you're if you're younger, you only want to text. You don't want to take a phone call. So you need to understand also what's happening internally and those those, you know, that scope. But I remember having a conversation. It was a woman in her thirties, her, her children were, you know, kind of right around the teenage years, which really, really challenging. Mine just are off the payroll. So I understand this very well. It's not too far away in my memory, but she actually said to me, you know what, Shelly, you really helped me with my, my internal communication with my company. But what happened was the dynamic was, is that she was able to go home and use this and help her family and their communication. And so the light bulbs that happen for people, it can be just light bulbs at work because we do try to compartmentalize those things. But this is one of those tools that gets to go across all areas of your life, in your family, with your friends, with your children, with your spouse. And understanding that, you know, all of us have different behavioral styles. It's not just a work thing. Um, yeah. so when she shared that with me, she was like, you wouldn't believe now I, you know, I'm able to sit down and my husband and I've been fighting about this one thing and I couldn't quite figure out why he was so stuck on it. And it just caused a riff with us for a long time. And now all of a sudden I understand why he thinks that it wasn't like any magic pill. It was just literally giving her a little tool, but it converts from, you know, work stuff all the way into the personal life and then back into the work life.
0: Yeah. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah, no, some great information. Anything that that you else that you feel that, you know, when we talk about attracting and retaining talent, anything else that you feel like you would like to share that could be quite helpful for those listening, whether if they're a small business, small company, mid-sized company, even, even Fortune 500?
1: Well, I think that sometimes, especially the smaller business owners, because they've got so many hats, they're wearing so many hats, they don't quite understand that there are key pieces to they not only are they've got expenses in their business for a lot of different things but your people are your most valuable and your most expensive asset. and so if you're not paying attention to kind of what what you're pouring into that in a day-to-day basis then it can get away from you because you've got so many other hats that you're wearing. But if you can put a structure in place, put something just like any other standard operating procedure in your organization, you're doing it for efficiency. You're doing it for, you know, getting the most optimized, um, you know, results for your business. If you can invest in your people, in that way so that you're actually giving them a tool and you're using a tool that you set in a standard operating procedure going forward. Now you're addressing a big chunk of your where your asset lies, which is your people. So I had shared with you when we were preparing for this that there's a, a wild statistic that if let's say for instance you have a sixty thousand dollar annual salary of a person, if they leave you within the first year, it costs you between thirty and forty thousand dollars in opportunity costs and time, resources and money. I mean, it is expensive to yeah. have a turnover. So how do you how are you going to retain that, especially if you've got so many other things, you uh, so many other hats you're wearing. You can't possibly spend your every day doing that. You've got to get the machine well oiled and doing it without you having to do it every single day with each individual person.
0: Yeah, so true. Great, great insights that you shared there and so valuable and we highly encourage everybody that's listening take notes there's there's some great wisdom that's being sh- shared here by shelley and again you're going to learn here very shortly and how to how you can get in contact with her for more information in terms of how you can help your organization and where you're at move forward anything else that you would like to share like when it comes to kind of seeing this like uh, what would you say like it, it briefly like i know that it, it's not one size fits all but Typically, like, what would be the duration that organizations can start to see change? I'm no—I'm sure it could be you know, very soon, but really start to see that the, the, the fruits of their efforts to where they want to go.
1: Well, the Connect, Communicate, Grow series is a three part series um, that we have put into place. And most organizations do that once a month because it's difficult to pull the entire team away. Right um more frequently than that but then we as i mentioned we do kind of like a refresher course um, that we'll do quarterly with organizations and so usually by that second course that second class they start seeing that their people are, are realizing oh wait a second this is why this happens with this boss or this is why this happens with the secretary this is what i'm doing because i pull them in with examples from the leadership of what's happening to their organization on a day-to-day basis. I put it in their words in their in their world per se. And I give them examples on how to maybe deflate that conversation or deescalate that com- conversation if it's gotten a little out of control or give them a tool to be able to say, well, why don't you ask it in say like a, a pendulum question? Let's ask them in this, this way or this way. So they have an answer that's an open-ended question that they have to answer so they get engaged and they don't just shut down. So giving them tools, usually by that second session, they're starting, the light bulbs are starting to go off. But it's that reinforcement of that refresher course every you know quarter that you really start to get compounded interest with those people. And, and then they turn around and start mentoring the new people.
0: Got it. Got it. Wow. Great information that you have shared. I know we're at, we're at the end of, uh, end of the show, and I want to make sure that, again, I want to thank you personally for taking time out of your schedule to be here with us here at Business Influencers. How can people get in contact with you? What are you up to and anything you would like
1: to share with them? Absolutely. Uh, You can reach me at ShellyStarks.com. There are form letters on there that you can send or you can do Shelly at ShellyStarks.com as an email address. Um, We are available to have conversations. It's a free consultation to talk about what's going on with your organization and see if this would be a fit for you. It's not a fit for everyone because not everybody has the bandwidth to commit to it. But you know, like I said in the beginning, the ones that wanna invest in their people and that retention side, that really does turn over to the ROI. So um, I'm on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn um, and Instagram
0: well thank you so much shelly thank you again for being here such great wisdom we highly encourage everyone to reach out here this is such an important area not only for retention but other things in the workplace that you can help improve with the right guidance wisdom insights experience and of course tools and resources that can help move you to the next level here again being shared here on business influencers we want to thank you listeners joining us each and every week And we highly encourage you again to listen to this show in its entirety here later today. And we will see you next week. Till then, have a great day, everybody. You have just listened to Tall Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.